Yeah, I mean, I can hear, yeah. No, 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 but I want you to hear well. I can hear well, but you know what? If, fix the, if, fiddle with if the, thing. the show sounds this bad, then it I wouldn't want to listen to it. the headphone jack. Then I'm fine with that. All right, <laughs> welcome to Don't Be an Idiom, the word show. We're here. It's Friday night. And the big th- the big story on the Blue Plate special would be Chris and Jamie are having a baby. Congratulations, Chris. <laughs> we get some more sound effects in there. But listen, Chris, Jamie, congratulations. But I don't know if you're having a boy or a girl. And I know you didn't tell anybody well, guess what? secret name. I probably know. something so indie and cool. <laughs> indie. What's an indie name to you? An indie name? Yeah. Um, denim. <laughs> What's an indie name to you? An idiom? Oh, wait, wait, wait. Indie. Indie, indie. name, yeah. Indie name? Uh, I don't know. Like um, Eiffel. Oh, yeah. Eiffel. Wait, that's better than denim. No, denim's really good. Yeah. Orbit. 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 <laughs> Get on now, here, Orbit. <laughs> Why don't you orbit around your chores a little more? That's what I'm talking about. I'm going to be a dad. All right, next up on the list, Dan Whitcomb. Hold on. This no. guy wants to know what's... Hold on. What? You don't go to the next section yet. Oh, right. You right, just right. said... <laughs> Can you please just take some credit for saying, hey, orbit, you should orbit around your chores a little bit more. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So I just need to say... Congratulations to Chris and Jamie. We're, you know, you guys have heard us mention Chris so many times. He just had a baby. We're super excited. Very. It's the day that we're recording. It's the day I found, found old, an old, old, an disposable, old disposable camera and got it developed and bada bing, bada boom. It's the three of us on a road we trip. Were, and we were on the road trip. Yeah. And it was like, if there was a most iconic spot of all of the road trips for us three, it, it was, was pretty much Lake Lewis Lake in, in uh, Yellowstone. Yeah. So anyway, congratulations, Chris. And Albert, is he has vowed here today for you folks that he will name his child Orbit no matter what. Hell if it's a yeah. boy or a girl. Hell yeah. All right. Yeah. Orbit the boy or girl. I love it. I love it. The boy or girl should be the middle name. Of <laughs> right. Orbit, the boy That's or what girl. I call them when they're in trouble. Orbit, the boy or girl. Well, you get in here and orbit around your chores now, damn it. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So, really good. hey, I was thinking about this in the ride over. It is our birth year episode. Remember when we turned 33 yeah, and we're like, we're going to drink Rolling Rocks all year long. This is our episode of our li- uh, birth lives. Birth lives. <laughs> I think you mean this is the anniversary of our first episode this This, year. I think it means this is the amount of episodes that we are years old. Oh, I see. Yeah, like if you were a kid, you might think like, oh, that's interesting. (laughs) 37 years old, 37 episodes. I see now. We're 37. We're on episode 37. This this is a special episode (laughs) for us. (laughs) All right. Also, we uh, long-time listener Dan Whitcomb of Frankfurt, Germany. You should see the physique on this guy. Big, strong thighs. <laughs> all the muscle, all the power comes from the thighs. <laughs> he just stomps, stomps, stomps. Yeah. Throws on the misfits. Stomp, stomp, and oh, he cool. stomp. 
The thighs, you can imagine. Definitely. <laughs> He's like, I got a tough time finding jean shorts. <laughs> finding jean shorts. Because <laughs> they all split. But he, he asked the other day, he goes, don't be an idiot, boys. What's up with tarnation? What's the, you know, like, hunting tarnation? Hunting tarnation? Yosemite Sam. And so, that's a great question, because I didn't really have a guess. I don't, I, because what about what in Tarnation? So, um, all right, Tarnation. <laughs> I just turned my computer off. I just... <laughs> all the way off? Oh, I do that at school all the time. That's so annoying. It's this stupid Chromebook, Chromebook dude, that my school gave me. Oh, wait, that's a me. Dell. Is that even a Chromebook? God, isn't this, it's the, it's the same thing, right? Doesn't it have to be made by Google? Um, yeah. So that's a Dell. That sucks. <laughs> All right. In the 18th century, there was a word that was used much more often, which was darnation, which right. I feel like I do hear still. Well, you hear darnation still? <laughs> I guess I don't. No, and I do that was just a mild way of saying damnation, which would have just been like saying hell. Right? So when you say tarnation, yeah. you're, you're, you're avoiding cursing under God. Right. And instead of saying, oh, hell, you say, oh, all tarnation. Now, you might be asking, "It's." I was just talking about darnation. How did it become tarnation? Yes, I was. That is what I'm thinking. Well, people used to say tarnal as a different curse. So they would say darnation, but they'd also say tarnal. And tarnal. How do they say? Comes from by the eternal. Oh. So like. Yeah, but so, ding, that, ding. so that is like saying, oh, God. Right? Oh, because you like, can't say, oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, another, yeah, by the eternal, oh, God. And then there's like, oh, hell, that's the darnation. And then tarnal and darnation combined. And then we got tarnation. Boom. Wow, that's a good one. Yeah, you know, Thanks people, for asking about people that. People used to uh, be afraid to say, uh, you know, we went to Catholic school when we were kids. And it's like, oh, you can't say... God's name in vain. So if right, you're just like, right. Jesus, and then that, that's like, that counts as like a curse. Right. But then if you're like, Gadzooks. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I was just going to say like, what if you were like, what if you're like, God damn, that's like a real curse plus a God curse. That's like a double curse. Yeah, I never thought about it like that. Even though nowadays people don't think damn's a curse. But that's why you say things like tarnations. That you're saying yeah, you're by the eternity and you're saying damnation. Right. At the same time. Yeah. Well, and you're just trying to not get in trouble in the fine print. But like, mm -hmm. look, if there is a God, he's going to know that when you say darnation, you mean damnation. You're going to yeah. be like, that's a strike. <laughs> you're, you're telling him it's a strike? Or God telling is you, telling oh. the guy. He's like, I know what you're thinking. Mm -hmm. That's still a strike. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. No, it's good. All right. Um, this is guerrilla journalism here, people. <laughs> Shock them all out. Okay, so all we're right, gonna, the we're big thing is we 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 joke around a lot on this show, you know. <laughs> Sometimes the things that we joke about, yeah, ploosh themselves into reality, such so, as country bumpkins storming the Capitol, or oh, oh topical and relevant. <laughs> all right, by the time you read this, we don't even know what Trump has done. Okay, uh, so we talked last. Uh, episode about creating our own New Year's Eve tradition. Yeah, yeah. And because we are friends with a really solid man. Yeah, and he's a carpenter. Yeah. Yeah, self-taught. Artist. 
Carpentardist. Carpentardist. Alex Wildman. He has decided to take on the task of creating the very first Don't Be an Idiom Fangs of Multiple Animals Necklace Good Luck New Year's Charm. Can you believe it? And we're calling it the Foe Man for short. For that, that stands for the Fangs of Multiple Animals. The, deep, the Don't Be an Idiom Fangs of Multiple Animals. All right. So you, listen. Get your Foe Mans. If you put in an order for a Foe Man today, by late December, this will be around your head. Right. Hanging over your shoulders. Yeah, and then you you just pay now. Don't don't, think about it. (laughs) Don't be an idiom foe, man. You're going to get those fangs around your neck, and you are not going to... Those are 10 wishes you will have for 2022. Yeah, and Alex is going to rub them in some oil, and he's going to really get in there. And then he's going to tell us about how he got in there, and... Everything about this is going to be plush that I can see the twine yeah. now. And these are going to be worth some serious wishes. Yeah. So you send us a check, a check to our P.O. box uh, for $40. Send, you send it to the P.O. box. We mail you the Don't Be an Idiom Fomans. And uh, it's going to be a special New Year's in 12 months. Yeah. So that's it. And just think, you know, you could wish for like millions of dollars or more wishes. Like, so you just send us a lot of money. <laughs> Because you won't need it once you get the necklace. Right. Right. All right. So let's uh, let's let's, let's play get, a game. Let's, let's start let's, the show. Let's see what's going on here. For, for any new listeners, uh, we realize that we've not spoken about <laughs> idioms yet, but actually, uh, they're, they're happening now. Yeah. So so let's let's bring in some music. All right. That, that is that recognizable music. Now it, you know what's going on. That's that's our new. This is we're starting the new, game. But, new music. but familiar. <laughs> yeah. Here is our our. We're starting the game. Music. You've heard that a thousand times before. Yeah, like in it's a episode dream. thirty-seven. Game master, tell us about the okay. uh, game we got today. All right. So, the game we have today is was a was a Christmas present from my mom, and it's called mm-hmm. the '90s TV film and pop culture quiz. Kickback. It's time for a retro throwback. All right, and are they going to sponsor us? Because you you read a lot of that. I feel like people are going to know what company that is, and well, I just want to make sure that we're not giving away sponsorship. Well, yeah, you. get the sponsor in, call us up, and I would just like to sponsor Goodwill because I really feel like it's brought my family together. We all shop there now, and it's great. And that, and that's where my mom bought this prize. And that's our <laughs> that's our new sponsor right there. And right, and we already wrote a song about Goodwill, so it's kind of y'all kind of yeah. owe us. Okay, so what are the all rules here? So the rules are we we uh, we're doing the '90s film category section of cards, mm-hmm. and uh, we just shuffled, and each of us have a card. So we get to ask each other a question. Right. If you answer it, you get a point, and if you can't answer it, then you don't. Mm-hmm. And whoever whoever can get it right goes next. And all right, that's perfect. You go first. I'll uh, I'll read your question. Oh damn! <laughs> How many award? Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> Oh, I don't know already. Oh, I, I already don't know. But yeah, you can guess. How many awards? How many Academy Awards did Titanic win? <laughs> Come on. Nine? Close. It was 11. But so that's Wow. Nice. <laughs> oh my God. That's too many. All right, what your, were the categories? I, I, with that, we would have to look up. What's your question for me? Biggest blue diamond award. Well, I'm sure it won special effects awards. Oldest lady award. All this late. Biggest yeah. love award. All right, here we go. Yeah. All right, Ray. The question is 
The Shoop Shoop song was the theme song for which film? The oh. Shoop the Shoop Shoop song. Oh gosh. Um and we're going on to round 2. <laughs> Fuck man. Is it a 90s song? The Shoop a 90s film is a film. Shoop, was it like Shoop Shoop Badoo? Shoot I think so, but the, what's the name of the film that used it? Uh, Popularized cl- it. Clueless. Nope, and it's Mermaids. Mermaids, okay, <laughs> okay. I don't know that. So we're going to do another round. One for you, and then one for me. All right. So, in the movie Home Alone... Yes! Oh, man. Yes! To which city have Kevin's family gone on holiday? Wait, to which Hold on. city? I gotta correct this uh, card. Yeah. In the movie Home Alone, to which city of Kevin's family gone on holiday? No, it's that's correct actually. And it's for Home Alone one, right? Home, Home Alone one. <laughs> and your correction is <laughs> nothing. It's actually fine. Where did his family go? Yeah. Paris. Yes. Yeah, baby. All right, but you have that to ask me. That one's for Danny, my student. He always just always just quotes Home Alone all the time. All, all right, right, what do you got? My my, my question. Yeah. All right. R. Kelly's I Believe I Can Fly was the theme song for which film? Uh, Space Jam. Damn it! Yes! <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> yes, that is correct. That is technically correct. All We're right, going game. around three. All right, Game Master. Are we, are we leaving this in? Or? You are good. Should we cut all this game? No! Okay. All right. In what film... Does Robin Williams play a South Beach drag club owner? That's so easy. The birdcage. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Alright. Which actor starred as William Shakespeare in William Shakespeare in Love? Mm, Kenneth Branagh? And oh, I don't think so. All it's right. a guy I don't even know. Yeah. Joseph Fiennes? Fiennes? Joseph Fine. Who the fuck well, is that? Rafe, what, how do you say Rafe? Rafe Fines. Yeah, go, Joseph Fines. I don't know. I win. Damn it. Okay. All right. So, to begin hour two of Don't Be an Idiot's Idiot's Home, uh, I am going to just say to Ryan that, you know, you just cannot eat your cake and have it too, mister. Eat my cake and have it too. Yeah, yeah. All right. That's when you, you want... This thing over here, but you also want this thing over here. Oh yeah, you do. How do you? How would you define that? Uh, you know, properly. Kind of like you can't have it both ways, or you right. can't have the best of both worlds. Best of both worlds. I mean, that's an idiom definition for an idiom. And it's a Hannah Montana song. Oh, oh. So, you know, you get the best of both worlds. Okay, gotcha. Right. Um, and her dad's Billy Ray. Ciro, Ciro's. Yeah. Billy Ray Ciros. So, what do you think? Um, what do you what, what do you think this thing comes from? You can't have your cake and eat it too. You cannot eat your cake and have it too. <laughs> right. Very, very famous phrase. Uh, famous. You, you, can, <laughs> you cannot. You've eat heard it. it. Yes, of course. Okay. Can't eat your cake and eat it too. Right. Can't have your cake and eat it too. Can't eat your cake and have it too. Can't eat your cake. <laughs> Actually, 
I'm sort of messing with you here. So you're, you keep reverting to you can't have your cake and eat it too because that's how we all learned it. All right. But what is it actually? What's the idiom? <laughs> well, the one that you're familiar with is you can't have your cake and eat it too. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but the way I introduced it with a lot of, you know, with a lot of... Fanfare. Fanfare was you can't eat your cake and have it too, which is the old way. Got it. Okay. Can't eat your cake and have it too. Right. All right. Uh, so where does this come from? That's yeah. the part of Where's the show. Where's the origin? <laughs> <laughs> Second part of the show. Right. Um, all right. There was a wee Dutch boy. And mm-hmm. his name was Eric. And Eric... Uh, I, I think when we think of... The Dutch, we think of... <laughs> Weren't we talking about the Dutch last time? No. Who were we talking about in the country bumpkin thing? Okay, the Dutch played a role... Right, in, remember? Because yeah. people think they're dumb, but they're not. Because bumpkin is like a right. Dutch word. Right. Yeah, yeah. But don't worry about that right now. You he's, think I'm talking about he's Dutch? bringing it back around. <laughs> Stop. No. Um, he's killing us, Larry, with all this Dutch stuff. No, I just, Our manager is waving at me. I'm sorry. No, ignore him. I don't... Ignore him. All right, get off. He said, we're off. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know why I think Dutch. I just think, I imagine them being dressed a certain way in the 1780s. Sure. And uh, lots of pastries. Um, they really yes. they really cracked the code with making vanilla yes. in the 1700s, I feel like. And. Right, Dutch vanilla. Dutch vanilla, right. And there was a famous. Bakery in um, Deutschland. No, that's Germany. Amsterdam. It does seem like they should come from there. Yeah, though. but language and stuff. Yeah, yeah. There's a famous bakery in Amsterdam. And at this bakery, this, uh, you, you know, we mentioned babies earlier, but the couple that owned this bakery had a baby. And this baby was insufferable. Insufferable. Right. Could, like, was just constantly screaming, constantly crying, and had an appetite oh, for yeah. all the things. <laughs> Good thing that he lives in a bakery, right? Exactly. And this... this you did this, say that, right? His parents were bakers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, good, good. And this, uh, and this wee one would just eat and eat and eat and eat. Hands covered in flour, hands covered in sugar, could not stop all the donuts. Exactly. Eat them, eat them up. <laughs> and um, eventually, by the time this young tyke was three, mother had had it up to here. And I know you can't He's see this. He's holding his hand right above his brow. Right above my brow. On the brow, I guess. Yeah, yeah, basically on the brow. Right up to there. Right. She was, uh, she was done with this. She's done. And she goes, Eric... You cannot have your cake. <laughs> oh. And eat it too. Right. Or you cannot eat your cake and have it too. Because he would eat a slice and then he'd be like, I want the, I want the, s- the slice, slice that I, I just ate. ate. <clears throat> Are I you want- sure he wasn't an American? Well, the Dutch eventually came over to America. Well, there you, know. you go. And uh, I think that, you know, because it was a bakery, it was very popular. People would have heard this. And they just would have picked it up and they would have been like, 
you know, like next time I see my piece of shit kid <laughs> doing something like that, I'm going to be like, you can't eat your cake and have it too. You need to sit down. <laughs> my piece of shit kid. What are they doing? <laughs> the next time my piece of shit kid says, you know, is, 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 you know, doing that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Eating a candy cane. We're like, give me another candy cane. Yeah. And then I don't know. Like, yeah. I want to suck the candy cane, and I also want to hold the candy cane forever. I want to suck the candy cane, and I want to hold the candy cane forever. Forever. And to me, there. that is the it's a normal, spirit. It's a normal thing for a kid to want. And that is the spirit of you can't eat your cake and have it too. Absolutely. Please tell me about the history. Can you believe that we have to make kids unlearn that that's possible? Like, we have to say, oh, no. Like, I know being a human means that you want to own and consume things. Yeah. But you actually can't. <laughs> you can, maybe if you learn that lesson, you'll be slightly better. But we are so fucked as a race, aren't we? A human race. <laughs> yes. Human race. Yeah, we know. Okay. Here we go. All right. So I've been tripping Ryan up a lot with this. His guess was not right, but it was very funny. Uh, when I introduced the idiom... I did it backwards on purpose. And that's okay. because we are used to hearing you can have your cake and eat it too. That's, but that's that what we know, is yeah. not how the idiom right. started. You can eat your cake and have it have too. Have it too. Got yeah. it. Now, I will say it doesn't roll off the tongue as good as the one that we have. It's kind of difficult to say. Right. I challenge listeners to pause the show and ha- have at it. Say it. <laughs> Welcome back. Welcome back. <laughs> How'd it go? You are probably mentally... Just really beat up bad. Uh But if you can get through the rest of this episode, which feels like it just started, I'm going to tell you where this all came from. Tell me. The first time that anybody can find it written Mm -hmm. was in 1538. Okay. And it was just in a letter from this guy, Thomas Duke of Norfolk, to Thomas Cromwell, the chief minister of King Henry VIII. To Tom. So Tom is writing to Tom. Mm -hmm. And he says this. I require you send me by this therein, nope, bearer, my will, which ye have sealed in a box, I must alter things therein, for my substance in money and plate is not so good by now. A man cannot have his cake and eat his cake. Mm. So that's like the original thing. Now, what I want to know is, why are people like so interested in, in that letter? Why are they reading that letter? Well, yeah, I was going to ask you that. I was like, so this is the 16th century, and it's yes. a letter from Thomas to Thomas. I mean, I guess because a couple he's of old the English m- names that minister of the king. That's probably important. I, yeah, but in this, why are we talking about a king's minister from the 1500s? I don't know. It like, but that's dude. The, that's I can't what I'm even. Now, I can't even tell you who the defense secretary of four presidents ago was. Why would I know what the no, minister? No. Of king, no, of the English king, right? So my thing is, who's go, who's got a stalker here? Mm-hmm. Someone loves this guy, right, right, <laughs> right. And it's you, it's it's me. But the thing is, is that like this is the oldest thing that anybody can find it in print. A lot of times, what we find is people are saying it before that, but it's just this letter is the first time that we see it. So uh, sometimes idioms are just you know. Born out of two toms playing ping pong. 
That's good. Right. Now, in 1546, this guy named John Haywood, he puts out this glossary with a, with a long old name. There's these people writing books with long old names back then. Mm-hmm. A dialogue containing the number, in effect, of all the proverbs in the English tongue. Mm-hmm. And this is back when like, they were using V's as U's, mm-hmm. so it all looks kind of weird. Right? Yeah. In his book of Proverbs, he wrote down, would ye uh, rather eat your cake and have your cake. So so now it's getting into the proverb books, you know? Mm-hmm. Now it's, now it's out of the letters. And that's le- a big deal. Out of the letters, yeah. Wow. Just like that, it slipped in, huh? And if you're wondering if John Haywood is a credible writer, well, he also coined two popular terms, such are two heads are better than one, and Rome was not built in a day. Oh, so this guy's so all this about guy's writing proverbs. Got the he big thinks he's stuff. Yeah. The, he does have the big he stuff. He does have the big stuff. I, I gotta be honest. Question his validity, please. I'm not questioning his validity, but I feel like he's a little pompous. Of course he is. He's, he's writing a proverb book. You have to be pompous. Yeah, like, I don't know. Is there could you peacock more? Not unless he wrote it himself as one of his own proverbs. Precisely. Right. Yeah. Alright. What else? Thy will be cocking of pee in the morning <laughs> night. That's that's this guy. All right, so now it's solidified. It's written in stone. But the idea is this this idea has kind of been around for a long time. So why don't we go back to the Roman playwright Platius? Mm-hmm. So he wrote in his 194 BC uh, thing. He oh wrote gosh. like a poem or yeah. something, a play. And in <laughs> was it, it a poem? Or in, a play? It was a he was a playwright. Okay. So it was in a play. Yes, but uh, you know he wrote. Uh, in, in English, it said this. If you spend a thing, you cannot have it. Right, so it's an right, idea. Right, you right. can't yeah, have everything. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. All right. So let's go a little quicker here. Then there's this guy, Jonathan Swift, in 17... Why are you saying... Oh, stop. You're saying this guy, Jonathan Swift. Yeah, he's You've a, literally talked you. about him before. When? You've, you've talked about Jonathan Swift before. Really? In this episode? Gulliver's Travels. No, not in the previous oh, episode. I, I gotta read that. <laughs> I know, but you're like, seeing like this guy, Jonathan Swift. I don't know. You know. You've yeah, mentioned it before. I don't know. All I get is the pop culture stuff. <laughs> like, do you know that Gulliver's Travels has been in so many cartoons and it's like as a reference and I'm like, oh, that <laughs> seems familiar. And I'm not, ref- I'm not familiar with Gulliver's Travels. I'm familiar with all of the other cartoons that have copied, copied Gulliver's Travels. So I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> No, but I just, you've said the words, Jonathan Swift, so on this show before. So you're saying I'm smarter than I think I am. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? Sure, yes. That's what, okay, what I'm a sorry. friend. Here, I, right, thank you. <laughs> Shake my hand. Yeah, I'm shaking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I'm this sorry, guy, continue. This guy who wrote Gulliver's Travels, another big name, heavy yeah, hitter. Some random guy. He okay. wrote this thing called Polite Conversation, and in it, by Lady Answerall, which all of you smart people know, <laughs> she says, and I quote, she cannot eat her cake and have her cake. But then when Jonathan Swift dies, okay, there's this other guy that basically steals his story and he turns it in, is a Timothy, Timothy Fribble and he writes tittle tattle. 
In seven, 1749. Somebody chopped this guy's head off. In Tittle, this story. Timothy said tittle-tattle? Of course. Tim, like, I feel like he's just like he's thinking about his name too much. But anyway, in his story, he basically copies it, but the line is different. Mm. He switches the E and the have. And then uh. by 1940s-ish, mm-hmm. it kind of switches gears and the... The new you cannot have one, your cake and eat it. Yeah, too. like the old one falls out of fashion, okay. and people start saying it. So it could kind of been this guy having yeah, yeah. like an influence on sure. that. But this is what you're gonna love, Ryan. Yeah, F- give it to me. FDR. Oh man, that old shellback. FDR was a shellback. Hell yeah. Tell your son. Tell your son. So he actually used the old version in like a, a State of the Union address in 1940. And here's his quote. As will appear in the annual budget tomorrow, the only important increase in any part of the budget is the estimate for national defense. Practically all other important items show a reduction. But you know, you can't eat your cake and have it too. Now he made that speech at like... Applause. The, at right at the... It at rises the, What's up. it called? Like right where things switch. At the moment things switch. Oh, yeah. The apex. The zenith. The zenith. That's the highest point, right? A juxtaposition. <laughs> yeah. Um, a junction. Yeah. He's what? making that speech and it like... It is falling out of fashion. And that's... this Once again, FDR gets another on the chalkboard for being cool. Because mm-hmm. he's using the old way. <laughs> FDR, we should we need t-shirts. We have gotta get FDR's FDR stuff. Face. Don't be an idiot. I mean around, I you're right. I don't know about him doing like I'm sure every president is bad, right? Sure, sure. So sure. we don't know. We're gonna say we're supporting FDR now. But, he but if he did any sort of, you know, <laughs> weird stuff, we're not into it. Yeah. But he was a shellback. He used classic idioms. Yes. In speed, even though it was it, it probably was felt out of fashion. Felt antiquated. Yes. I'm sure. And he's probably thinking that. He's like, but I like the old ways. But, but and someday there's going to be a couple of boys who really... And they're going to be talking to me on magic TV screen computers. There's going to be a couple of boys who really appreciate this kind of language, using idioms in a presidential speech of this nature. And I'm going to look at those boys like they're my sons, <laughs> my grandsons. <laughs> And my baby boy sons, and I'm going to... And maybe I'll call them blow Albert, them Albert, from Albert and Ryan. And Albert and Ryan, I'm going to blow them kisses from heaven. And, and they're my sweet baby uh, boys. My... I'm going to tell God about them. So you don't know. That could have happened. That and could if, definitely... That could be happening right now. And if FDR... I want to think that if in the, right after he finished that speech, during the, the rapturous applause, I'd like to think that those were his thoughts. Definitely. As the applause died down. Definitely. Okay. He appreciates the the slower, older ways. Mm-hmm. And that's you and me. Right. That's us, right? Okay. You okay. and me, are, we're the slower and older ways. Yes. Yes. Slower, older ways. Write us a letter in the mail. Just send it to our P.O. box. Yeah. On the Pony Express. All right. The last thing that I got to say about this idiom, right? So I think we can all agree the origin of this idiom, as far as we know, it's not all that exciting. So what are you going to talk about, Marie Antoinette or something? a lot of weird stuff going on around this idiom. Is there? And one is something I just found out about the other day. I'm going to thank Alex again for making me watch that Unabomber uh, show on Netflix. Yeah. So the Unabomber, Ted Kaczynski, you know, he's been mailing bombs in the mail since 1978. 
And then in, in April of 1995, he sends out his manifesto, right? Support the post office people. The Industrial Society and its future is what it was called, mm -hmm. right? So he's sending that out. And he's like, I want somebody to publish that in the newspaper, my manifesto. And uh, he even sent it to Penthouse, which I thought Whoa. was pretty racist. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, mighty racist. So, so, yeah. So anyway, uh, he wants people to publish it or he swears he's going to blow up an airplane. Sure. Right. So they do end up publishing it in the Washington Post, like the Unabomber Manifesto. It was like pages and pages long. Yeah. And uh, he basically says that the Industrial Rev Revolution is a disaster for the human race. And he calls for a revolution against technology. He just wants to slow thing. things he down. He wants to slow it down. Yeah. Like, can you imagine, like, he's in, he's in jail still right now. And he's like, well, if, if we went in and told him about Twitter, he would be so annoyed. Yeah, he's probably heard rumblings about Twitter right. in the in the jail sphere. Actually, we should see if he's got a Twitter. I wonder if they give them Twitters there. Okay. Because that would be hypocritical, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Right. All right, so his quote in his manifesto said this. Uh, As for the negative consequences of eliminating industrial society, well, you can't eat your cake and have it too. To gain one thing, you have to sacrifice another. So, uh... okay. Do you hear what he said? You can't eat your cake and have it too. Yeah. That's the old way. So he switched it on FDR without even asking, asking FDR. Him. No, but Ryan, yeah. so do you know that the way that the Unabomber was caught was because in his letters, he would use these phrases yeah. such as you can have your, uh, you can eat your cake and have it too. Oh, because and he they, switched up the words? But again, he didn't switch because that was actually the original version. Yeah, all right, right. He's an intellectual. Do you see what I'm saying? Wait, wait. Did he use it the proper way? He used it the old way. Which is the proper way. Yes. Wow. So that phrase was one of the most like identifying points of his writing. Mm -hmm. And they were able to implement forensic linguistics oh my for God. like the first time ever. Yeah. In like you know, in law and in court to catch him. So because so he was, this phrase, yeah, the Unabomber loved the uh, loved FDR so much no, that he was no. familiar. It's before FDR, but <laughs> okay, he can yeah, relate to FDR right. because they both want to slow things down. Yeah. All right. So what I'm saying is, is that this guy, he's he was so his writing was so like kind of archaic in a mm -hmm. way that they were able to use forensic linguistics, which it was a brand new science at the time, to match things that he had written before, yeah. like letters to his family and, and all sorts of cards and stuff that his mom had saved. And they were able to take phrases like that, match it to his, and get a judge to sign an arrest warrant. And that's why Ted Kaczynski was fucking arrested wow. because of you can eat, you can't eat your cake and have it too. So I thought that this was a very important idiom that I would like to reverse Thank and you. bring back to the original ways. <laughs> right. Oh my God. Isn't that crazy? That was amazing. Yeah, it was beautiful. Well, anyway. Ah, the Unabomber. <laughs> anyway, ah, the Unabomber. Alex, Alex is going like this right yeah, now. He, yeah, he's carving those fangs. He's like, rip, rip, did it, rip, yep. rip, did it. Somehow carving the fangs and his arms are crossed simultaneously. Yeah. Or simultaneously. Ooh, by by ooh, the way, ooh, ooh. the British say simultaneously. Of course they but do. But I really... 
I just feel like it's not fair. I want to say simultaneously. Let's do it. Let's bring Britain to America. <laughs> For the first time. <laughs> For the first time. Since the Beatles. Simultaneously, we're going to take the lift to our flat. And we are going to have a pint at the pub. All right. So what do we need here? Some fun facts? You got it. Wait, are you still talking? <laughs> wait, wait, whoa, whoa. These are short, right? This is important. Okay. There's a lot of different a lot of different countries that have similar idioms to this one. Okay. All right. This is just really Boom, long. Quick. Lightning round. Watch this. <laughs> Albania. You cannot take a swim and not get wet. Albania. All right. Russia. You can't sit on two chairs at the same time. Got it. All right. Bam. Russian. All right. Now we're going to German. You can't dance at two weddings at the same time. Right. And French, the final one, you can't have the butter and the money's worth of the butter and the smile of the milkmaid. Oh, triple whammy. I All love right. I love how the French just boom another layer. Smile of milkmaid milkmaid. But this is really where I end it. And you can cut this if you want, but in doing research for this, I found out about this BBC radio show called My Word. And it ran from nineteen fifty six to nineteen ninety. And they are basically kind of doing what we're doing. Oh, shoot. It's awesome. awesome. Ryan, I listened to an episode today. So it's like kind of old timey. They're like, ah, all right, Mac, how about I have smoke? Yeah. And then they're like, what do you think this word means? And it sounds like they have a couple people. Some of them are linguistic experts and some of them are comedians. And then the host would ask them what different words mean and... If they knew the answer, they would say it and they would get points. But if they didn't know the answer, they would make up a joke story about what it means. And then they might be able to get partial points. And then at the end of the show, they they had to choose one of the sayings. And then they had to make up an origin story, like a comedic origin story about where the saying came from. Guys. And then they would get points based on that. And the reason I found out about this was because there was a famous episode where this guy talked about um, a, an Eskimo that was paddling his canoe in the icy sea, and then he wanted to light a fire. And then the canoe caught fire and sank, leading to the punchline, you can't have your kayak and heat it too. Whoa. So this Beautiful. show, I, I feel like we're, we're these like, like-minded people. We need like, to get in touch with any living yeah, member of that show. My word, the BBC okay. radio show. Great. Thank you, Britain. Yes, and listen to it. It's funny, because but they're also smarter, so they sound very refined. <laughs> good, good, right. good. Thanks. Because they don't say like no, and I thought the mall and stuff like all that. Oh, and for as as for at the moment, I believe that that is the way the cookie crumbles. Okay. <laughs> and we'll be we'll right, be right back. back. <laughs> days of summer the dog days erase the falling sun memories all covered in detail slowly overtaken and gone Slowly overtaken and gone 
slowly overtaken and gone. The creatures in hushed reverent wonder skirt round the backyard light. Wisconsin night In that sweet Wisconsin night In that sweet Wisconsin night Welcome back. That was J.E. Sund with Dog Days of Summer, an idiom we explored on episode 20. And you can check out his new album, Nine Songs About Love. It's really good. And uh, he's from Wisconsin. Don't forget, Wisconsin, they love cheese there. So go on and get some cheese. Don't do that. <laughs> That's a stereotype. Just That's they a wear good the, stereotype. Just because they wear the cheese hats at the football games? And, the, and you can buy the cheese curds at the convenience stores. Oh, We've we been through Wisconsin. Oh. We love Wisconsin. We're not... But no, 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 no. Dissing it. I love Wisconsin. Yeah. The uh, Miller <laughs> the Miller Brewery's there. In Wisconsin? Mm-hmm. Milwaukee. We, we also sold one in uh, California. Milwaukee Miller. That makes sense, actually. I never thought of that. Oh. But do you remember when we were in California and we saw the uh, the Miller uh, plants, too? Yeah, yeah. So where's home base? Probably that one that you said. The Millie one? Yeah. All right, you ready? Oh, I'm ready. <clears throat> All right, I'm going to do a little setup here, okay? Okay. Uh, I'll tell you what. You all are up to date with current events, right? Yes. There's a few people on my mind that just really should not get off scot-free. Scot-free. Did you catch it? Scot-free. That's medium. All right. Scott free that you just get away completely. Exactly. You're just good to, you just, no one gets you. Without suffering any punishment or injury. Scott free. We all use it. Yeah. You know it. We know it. No penalty. Where do you think that comes from? Great Scott. Mm-hmm. There's great Scott. Do you think that's related? Great, great Scott free. Mm-hmm. That's why he's great. Mm-hmm. Right? Scott Free. Okay. So who so Scott Free's, Scott Free's a name? Yeah. So Scott Free is yeah, he's like um to me he's like a kind of a, like a Scottish Robin Hood type. Ooh, I like right? that. Okay. And he was just that was just he was just born Scott Free. That was his name, yeah. Scott Free. But yeah. he just didn't like how the little guy got pushed around all the time. Of course. Now, the cool thing about Scott is that he was like, well, I don't want to be like rich and stuff like that, but I just want to like take care of the little, again, Robin Hood, Robin Hood guy. Yeah, Robin so Hood he, guy. So he's like, he's like, I'm going to go out into Scotland and I'm going to rob the, um, the tax collectors, like the English tax collectors, mm-hmm. right? Sure. So everything was in sacks of gold back then. That's a fun. Currency? A, yeah, to, to, to steal, right? <laughs> yeah. So he does. He just does. He does. He gets away with it for a while, but then they kind of get on to him. 
and then they finally capture him. Sure. But people are not happy about this. People aren't happy that he's got caught because the Scots love him. They they right. were like, "Oh my god, like, she's free Scott free. Free Scott free. Free Scott free." Right. Right. And um he did get free. Mm. Because he died of cancer. Oh my god. <laughs> In jail. Okay. What <laughs> before they could cut his head off. So his soul was free on his own terms. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, sort of, yeah. On God's terms, I guess. On God's terms. I see. Uh it's that's gotta a- be Scotland. That's incorrect. So, for all of you wondering, where does Scott Free come from? I use it all the time, I hear it all the time. The only reason I even chose this idiom was I'm currently teaching the Odyssey. In Scottish. No. Well, Scottish is English, so yeah. So, yeah, that's what I said. (laughs) I'm currently teaching the Odyssey, and and Telemachus, the son of Odysseus, he says... You all know Telemachus, right? You know his attitude. He goes, he's all like, you think you can can come on in here and just get away with this scot-free, scot-free? I'm not getting away scot-free, scot-free. He says Scott Free so many times in this this one chapter. And I was just like, maybe he's autistic. Ow. (laughs) And I was just like, dude, all right, I'll look it up. And then now we're here. And here's the other thing, too. He's like, you think you could just come into this cave of me, the giant snake? He's Telemachus. Yeah. Right. He's saying that. Yeah, he's like, hello, giant snake here in my cave. Get, he's not, you should be more afraid. But he's not a snake. Telemachus is not a snake. No, he's the son in of... In the Odyssey. He's the son of Odysseus. Okay. He's Prince of Ithaca. Okay. Have we been to Ithaca? Yes, we have. Really? I- Ithaca <laughs> is gorgeous. Because of all the gorges. Yeah, speaking of gorges. I remember going to visit your sister in Ithaca, and I cried and peed my pants <laughs> in the hallway uh, that night. Exactly. Because I was just getting used to drinking. All right, so although Scott Free does not come from Scotland, it does come from England, which, oh, okay. you know, a lot of, a lot of American idioms do. So this has been around for how many years, you think? Tens. Tens, tens of, of years. Tens of you, tens upon tens. Try about a thousand years. Mm, that's like a lot of little tens all to, lined up together. Exactly. And um, the, I mean, the first, time, the, the first time it was used figuratively was the 1500s. Someone getting away with something like, you know, Scott Frey. But, hey, we, we're both, we were both in the 1500 zone. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, but Scott, the word, is Scandinavian. It, well, it comes the English, kind of the, the bastardization of the word. It derives from the Scandinavian word scat. So the words, the English word scat is connected to the Scandinavian word scat, which just meant tax. Tax? Yeah, it's a tax. Oh, like, so tax-free? Basically, yeah. So Scott is in Scandinavian is scat, and that just means tax. 
Uh, I did put it. I did put it in Google Translate. Like I was like, oh, does it really mean tax? And then I put scat in there, and in Danish it means treasure. Scat is treasure, huh? In Danish, yeah. Which makes sense. Yeah, it's very simple. Like you know, scat. If you're gonna if, like, I'm giving tax, you money. Treasure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tax, yeah. right? Treasure. Yeah, give me some treasure. So then it migrated to England. The English adopted it as Scott. And really, there was a Scott for every single county in England as, I mean, as early as the, I mean, probably forever, but as early as the 11th century. Yeah. So in the 1300s, they had each, each person that had any land at all would have a Scott. And I saw some sources that said that if you had like a really horrible situation where maybe your house was built on a place that that was uh, the Indian like burial ground, sink into a lagoon, or was on an Indian burial ground, or on a hill, or you were below sea level, then you would be scot free. Oh, so they give you no tax for a bad land, right? So you're cool. you, where you live is so horrible that. We're just not even going to tax you because you're at such a disadvantage already. You know what? That's really interesting because that kind of stuff still exists today. My cu- my aunt Sue got a spot in Northern Liberties like mm-hmm. 20 years ago back when it was like a little like, yeah. yeah. And they said that new property buyers would get 10 years of no property taxes, which is the same as that's scot-free. Scot- that's scot-free. Because they were trying to get people to come in and buy and live buy there. And now it's like fucking beautiful. Yeah, you know? right. Wow. So that's- They have an Audi hatchback. <laughs> I like it. So your Aunt Sue was scot-free. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's crazy. It still happens today. And but pro- not very often, it no. seems like. Usually people are scut full. Who do you Yeah. <laughs> um so there were there were there are several types of Scots. One was a Rome Scot, which would basically be each person in a village in England would have to pay a pence to the church, to the Pope. A Rome Scot. A Rome tax. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? That's been going on like everywhere. Whenever there's a church, they want like what is it, tithings, right? It's like 10% of your fucking pay goes to the church. Yeah. So that's basically what that that's was. That's like everywhere with the church. But they, Dude, that's, that's fucked up. I, mm. And that's called a Rome Scot. Yeah. Because the Vatican is in Rome. And so all of these people would be required to pay into the Pope's you know, territory, right. which was global, right? Because right. every Catholic church falls under his jurisdiction. So wow. that would be a Rome Scot. What a great business model. We need to start a religion. We get to start a religion. Right. I mean, we already have the New Year's Eve necklace of fangs. Yes. And so the next big moneymaker, religion. Here's the thing. They're going to call us a cult, mm-hmm. So, which all religions are. So we got to, while we're building, yeah. we can't tweak out on some any major drugs mm-hmm. or anything like that mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. we'll blow the load too soon. So Price. we just got to just don't yeah. let... Either of us get too crazy until okay. our own Vatican. Okay. I mean, I can do that. Me too. I can do that. Um, there's another, there was another Scot that was popular, which was a soul Scot. 
sometimes referred to as a soul shot. Does this mean take a shot of money and it's good for your soul in no, heaven? No, not at all. When you would die, they would be like, all right, well, now it's your it's your soul tax. And you would have to give your oh, best position, uh, sorry, your best possession to the church. So if that was like a really nice bed or a horse or like your best beast. As you die? After you're dead. The family's like, all right, well, here's our soul, Fuck Scott. God. All right. Death and taxes, right? Were yeah. you going there? That uh, is bullshit. <laughs> so getting off scot-free literally means, you know, not paying your taxes and getting Even away with it. Even when you're dead. But then in the later 1500s, it started ha- taking on this figurative meaning, meaning scot-free, no punishment at all. Right. And there was um, in this 16th century, it was actually a nature book, sort of like an encyclopedia of trees and animals and stuff. It's called John Maplet's Green Forest. And there's a line in there that says, uh, Daniel escaped scotch-free by God's prudence. But... In the 16th century of England, they, they there was no real agreement on the spellings of certain words. Yeah. So like scotch-free, they just misheard scot-free. Oh, scotch-free. Yeah. Okay. But, but scotch-free is not a, really a phrase. It's just at that time, they would mishear things or misspell things. Yeah. And, you know. Not like now. Now we never we mishear things. No, how and to our spell is words perfect. perfect every time if you use the Google Docs. It tells you. This is this spell. <laughs> 21st century technology. Um, there was there's one place in uh, Kent, England. So for any of our, our British listeners out there, if you're from New Romney, there was a, a, a wall erected on the Romney Marsh. And I, I found one source that said they claim the, the scot-free idiom because... As yeah. early as like the, because yeah, this was a wall that um, it's it's a coastal town, and so that sounds nice, real nice, <laughs> really nice. Love a coastal <laughs> town, but they, there's a, a wall from even Roman times uh, on the on the Romney Marsh, and uh, they say that if your if your house was sort of below the sea level in that town, then you would be scot free. So. This was like, oh, because so they claimed, they'd be like, ah, you're risking it. Exactly, yeah. So they, they, they claimed um, that, you know, this was like where that happened first. I mean, I mean, here's the thing. Yeah, tax, your house is tax-free, but you still got to pay for the house. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. What do you think? You think you'd live in a scot-free house? Something's up with a scot-free house. Well, definitely it's too good to be true. Or right, it's and too also, good to be true. Like, how is the community benefiting from that? Like, because if they're not getting your property taxes, I guess you're still paying for sewer. Or maybe just like curb appeal. Be like, it's a safe place to live. Come on in. Right. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think I'm buying it. Okay. Well, at least now all of you know, scot-free means tax-free. And it comes from the Scandinavian word for tax. Scott. <laughs> Uh, I, I don't have many fun facts for you all, but... Uh, but he does have some. What, you know, <laughs> I stumbled upon... There's this famous racehorse from the 1880s called Scott Free. Oh, yeah. And the only reason it caught my eye is because I was thinking about Dead Ringer. 
That's what I was gonna say. Was he a dead ringer? I feel like. Well, he was the. He was. He was the hot stuff. He was the good. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, you know. The prize good, possession. Prize possession. Good stock. But I feel like there was definitely a dead ringer for Scott Free, the famous. 1880s racehorse of England. And I wonder if he's famous because he he was such an underdog because of the Scott Free. I mean, no. Nope. <laughs> the Dead Ringer. Because of the Dead Ringer. Uh, I found a couple beers called Scott Free. One from the uh, Texas Beer Company Legal Draft. Scott Free. Could be a big sponsorship. Hey, we are available <laughs> for the right price. Also, Little Thistle Brewing Company in Minnesota. They've got a beer called Scott Free. I'm a little, kind of interested in Thistle is the, it's like the symbol of Scotland. And it's that sort of, you know, that spiky purple plant. Yeah. And uh, so I feel like Little Thistle Brewing Company having a beer called Scott Free means... But Maybe they think, Scotland. and they think that it comes from Scotland, but and it's they're actually... they're not going to get any taxes. It's actually Scandinavian. Ooh, that's got to hurt. <laughs> um, I have nothing else to say about Scott Free, but uh, I couldn't stop thinking about the, the, the other common phrase, Great Scott. Yeah. Right? Yeah, Great Scott. Yeah. I think I even said it. Which earlier. is a minced oath. Oh, a minced oath. All right. What's a minced oath? Minced oath is, that's just when you, I mean, back You're in the You're trying to cuss, but not cuss. In yeah, the old days, you would curse using God's name in vain, and it would be a way of getting around that, right? Golly, or or tarnations, like we right. said earlier. That's a minced oath. Or gee willikers. So Great Scott is just another way of saying, like, God damn it, right. basically. And sources say... Several sources. There's no clear proof of this, but a lot of people believe that it must have come from. Are you ready for this? Yes. An American army general named Winfield Scott, <gasps> who towered over his troops, literally and figuratively. He was six foot five and 300 pounds later. Ooh, in life. that's a lot of Scott. And so, but he was also considered a great warrior. I mean, he led a battle during the War of 1812, the Mexican-American War, the Civil War. This Whoa. guy and this guy was the first person to establish any kind of like semblance of rules and conduct and we need to train our soldiers. Whoa. He established that. So, in the late 1800s, certain authors would write like, you know, great Scott, like, you know, as a way of saying like good goddamn but they would really be referring to Winfield Scott, the American Who's like general, a living God. Who is a living, basically a living God. And he's like gigantic too, you know. Ten like foot dick. <laughs> right, as all of the men. And that's how he beats down the opposing army. <laughs> Precisely. Yeah, good. Right. And uh, so, yeah, that's a wrap for me. Cool. Well, you know, guys, it's been a fun show. We like doing the show. And, uh, you know, the couple things that we got to talk about before we say goodbye so long and farewell was that uh, Chris Cardillo, yeah. Wrote, yeah. Wrote, he wrote the song that we're about to end on. Exactly. It's called They Don't Name Towns, Towns no, no More. more. 
Oh, you uh, you joined. And he wrote it because (laughs) we are we went on cool road trips and we come up with stuff in our brains, like this show. This is the cool thing about this song. The title of the song is the title of the pilot episode that Albert and I filmed for our possible TV show. Possible, but not probable. (laughs) That did not happen. But it's also the first idiom that the three of us decided we would create together. And now we're going to play you the Cardillo's song, They Don't Name Towns No More. You can look it up on Spotify and enjoy it. And um, until next time, don't Don't be be an an idiot. Chase down.